0: The Bible Live is your opportunity to listen to the Bible, a 15 to 20-minute reading every weeknight, the entire Bible every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout on this annual
1: excursion through the Word, Soapy Dollar. Here we are thanking you for being along with us, as always, for this journey through the book of books, through the Bible. We are continuing tonight through the book of Exodus. We've read Genesis already. Hopefully, if you are a loyal, faithful listener with the Bible Live, you are beginning to be able to think your way through the Scriptures. Starting in Genesis 12, we saw him choose a man named Abraham, Abraham and Sarah, his wife, and then their son Isaac, Isaac and Rebecca's son Jacob, and then Jacob's 12 sons. We see him working with this people group, moving in time and space to do a very special revelational work through them and with them in order to use them as a witness to the rest of the nations of the world and then also to bring the Messiah, the Redeemer. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about it and how it relates to our reading tonight, the people of Israel being down in Egypt and how God is calling them out of bondage there. Right now, let's go to our wisdom and worship segment from Psalm 17 tonight on The Bible Life. Psalm 17. O Lord, hear my plea for justice. Listen to my cry for help. Pay attention to my prayer, for it comes from an honest heart. Declare me innocent, for you know those who do right. You have tested my thoughts and examined my heart in the night. You have scrutinized me and found nothing amiss, for I am determined not to sin in what I say. I have followed your commands, which have kept me from going along with cruel and evil people. My steps have stayed on your path. I have not wavered from following you. I am praying to you because I know you will answer, O God. Bend down and listen as I pray. Show me your unfailing love in wonderful ways. You save with your strength those who seek refuge from their enemies. Guard me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Protect me from wicked people who attack me, from murderous enemies who surround me. They are without pity. Listen to their boasting. They track me down, surround me, and throw me to the ground. They are like hungry lions, eager to tear me apart, like young lions in hiding, waiting for their chance. Arise, O Lord, stand against them and bring them to their knees. Rescue me from the wicked with your sword. Save me by your mighty hand, O Lord, from those whose only concern is earthly gain. May they have their punishment in full. May their children inherit more of the same, and may the judgment continue to their children's children. But because I have done what is right, I will see you. When I awake, I will be fully satisfied, for I will see you face to face. End of reading, Psalm 17. Got the
0: time and I'm wasting it
1: listening to the Bible live with Sophie Dollar. Welcome back everyone to the Bible live. I wanted to comment just uh, briefly, if I could, on this Psalm, a prayer of David written in a time of persecution. He's being pursued. He's being hunted down by King Saul He is wrongly accused of being unloyal to the king and of trying to take the crown, which he definitely did not. So this is a plea for justice in the face of false accusations and persecution. David urges us in this psalm to realize the true goal of life, and that is to know God and the true reward of life, to see God one day. It's a beautiful psalm in that sense. There is some thought, though, that he might be claiming some kind of sinless innocence. Nothing could be further from the truth in the case of David. He is one who often admits his own failures, his own sin. David's claim, though, about being pure, about nothing wrong in him, it is based on the fact that he is an imputed righteousness that God gives to the redeemed. God imputes to us righteousness, and we have that same privilege, knowing that we are right with God, not based upon our goodness, but upon the righteousness that God has given us because of Jesus the Messiah. Now we've seen the plague of blood, frogs, gnats, flies, livestock, boils, hail, locusts, darkness. And now tonight we come to the final plague, the death of Egypt's firstborn. And finally, God convinces Egypt to let his people go. Exodus 11, 1 through fourteen thirty one. Exodus 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will send just one more disaster on Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. After that, Pharaoh will let you go. In fact, he will be so anxious to get rid of you that he will practically force you to leave the country. Tell all the Israelite men and women to ask their Egyptian neighbors for articles of silver and gold. Now the Lord had caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the people of Israel, and Moses was considered a very great man in the land of Egypt. He was respected by Pharaoh's officials and the Egyptian people alike. So Moses announced to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says, About midnight I will pass through Egypt. All the firstborn sons will die, in every family in Egypt, from the oldest son of Pharaoh who sits on the throne, to the oldest son of the lowliest slave. Even the firstborn of the animals will die. Then a loud wail will be heard throughout the land of Egypt. There has never been such wailing before, and there never will be again. But among the Israelites it will be so peaceful that not even a dog will bark. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. All the officials of Egypt will come running to me, bowing low. Please leave, they will beg. Hurry and take all your followers with you. Only then will I go. Then, burning with anger, Moses left Pharaoh's presence. Now the Lord had told Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, but this will give me the opportunity to do even more mighty miracles in the land of Egypt. Although Moses and Aaron did these miracles in Pharaoh's presence, The Lord hardened his heart so he wouldn't let the Israelites leave the country. Exodus 12. Now the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron while they were still in the land of Egypt. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community that on the tenth day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice. If a family is too small to eat an entire lamb, let them share the lamb with another family in the neighborhood. Whether or not they share in this way depends on the size of each family and how much they can eat. This animal must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat, with no physical defects. Take special care of these lambs until the evening of the fourteenth day of this first month. Then each family in the community must slaughter its lamb. They are to take some of the lamb's blood and smear it on the top and sides of the doorframe of the house where the lamb will be eaten. That evening, everyone must eat roast lamb with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. The meat must never be eaten raw or boiled. Roast it all, including the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it until the next day. Whatever is not eaten that night must be burned before morning. Wear your traveling clothes as you eat this meal, as though prepared for a long journey. Wear your sandals and carry your walking sticks in your hands. Eat the food quickly, for this is the Lord's Passover. On that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and kill all the firstborn sons and firstborn male animals in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. The blood you have smeared on your doorpost will serve as a sign. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. You must remember this day forever. Each year you will celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. For seven days you may eat only bread made without yeast. On the very first day you must remove every trace of yeast from your homes. Anyone who eats bread made with yeast at any time during the seven days of the festival will be cut off from the community of Israel. On the first day of the festival and again on the seventh day, all the people must gather for a time of special worship. No work of any kind may be done on these days except in the preparation of food. Celebrate this festival of unleavened bread, for it will remind you that I brought your forces out of the land of Egypt on this very day. This festival will be a permanent regulation for you, to be kept from generation to generation. Only bread without yeast may be eaten from the evening of the fourteenth day of the month until the evening of the twenty-first day of the month. During those seven days, there must be no trace of yeast in your homes. Anyone who eats anything made with yeast during this week will be cut off from the community of Israel these same regulations apply to the foreigners living with you as if they had been born among you i repeat during those days you must not eat anything made with yeast wherever you live eat only bread that has no yeast in it then moses called for the leaders of israel and said tell each of your families to slaughter the lamb they have set apart for the passover drain each lamb's blood into a basin then take a cluster of hyssop branches and dip it into the lamb's blood strike the hyssop against the top and sides of the door frame, staining it with blood. And remember, no one is allowed to leave the house until morning. For the Lord will pass through the land and strike down the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on the top and sides of the door frame, the Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit the destroyer to enter and strike down your firstborn. Remember, these instructions are permanent and must be observed by you and your descendants forever. When you arrive in the land the Lord has promised to give you. You will continue to celebrate this festival. Then your children will ask, What does all this mean? What is this ceremony about? And you will reply, It is the celebration of the Lord's Passover, for he passed over the homes of the Israelites in Egypt. And though he killed the Egyptians, he spared our families and did not destroy us. Then all the people bowed their heads and worshipped. So the people of Israel did just as the Lord had commanded through Moses and Aaron. And at midnight the Lord killed all the firstborn sons in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn son of the captive in the dungeon, even the firstborn of their livestock were killed. Pharaoh and his officials and all the people of Egypt woke up during the night and loud wailing was heard throughout the land of Egypt. There was not a single house where someone had not died. You're listening to The Bible Live with Suppy Dollar. Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron during the night. Leave us, he cried. Go away, all of you. Go and serve the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds and be gone. Go, but give me a blessing as you leave. All the Egyptians urged the people of Israel to get out of the land as quickly as possible, for they thought, we will all die. The Israelites took with them their bread dough made without yeast. They wrapped their kneading bowls in their spare clothing and carried them on their shoulders. And the people of Israel did as Moses had instructed, and asked the Egyptians for clothing and articles of silver and gold. The Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites, and they gave the Israelites whatever they asked for. So, like a victorious army, they plundered the Egyptians. That night the people of Israel left Ramses and started for Sukkoth. There were about 600,000 men, plus all the women and children. And they were all traveling on foot. Many people who were not Israelites went with them, along with the many flocks and herds. Whenever they stopped to eat, they baked bread from the yeastless dough they had brought from Egypt. It was made without yeast because the people were rushed out of Egypt and had no time to wait for bread to rise. The people of Israel had lived in Egypt for 430 years. In fact, it was on the last day of the 430th year that all the Lord's forces left the land. This night had been reserved by the Lord to bring his people out of the land of Egypt. So this same night now belongs to him. It must be celebrated every year from generation to generation to remember the Lord's deliverance. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, These are the regulations for the festival of Passover. No foreigners are allowed to eat the Passover lamb, but any slave who has been purchased may eat it if he has been circumcised. Hired servants and visiting foreigners may not eat it, All who eat the lamb must eat it together in one house. You must not carry any of its meat outside, and you may not break any of its bones. The whole community of Israel must celebrate this festival at the same time. If there are foreigners living among you who want to celebrate the Lord's Passover, let all the males be circumcised. Then they may come and celebrate the Passover with you. They will be treated just as if they had been born among you. But an uncircumcised male may never eat of the Passover lamb. This law applies to everyone, whether a native-born Israelite or a foreigner who has settled among you. So the people of Israel followed all the Lord's instructions to Moses and Aaron. And that very day the Lord began to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, division by division. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Exodus 13 Then the Lord said to Moses, Dedicate to me all the firstborn sons of Israel and every firstborn male animal, They are mine. So Moses said to the people, This is a day to remember forever, the day you left Egypt, the place of your slavery, for the Lord has brought you out by his mighty power. Remember, you are not to use any yeast. This day in early spring will be the anniversary of your exodus. You must celebrate this day when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, and Jebusites. This is the land he swore to give to your ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey, For seven days you will eat only bread without yeast. Then on the seventh day you will celebrate a great feast to the Lord. Eat only bread without yeast during those seven days. In fact, there must be no yeast in your homes or anywhere within the borders of your land during this time. During these festival days each year, you must explain to your children why you are celebrating. Say to them, this is a celebration of what the Lord did for us when we left Egypt. This annual festival will be a visible reminder to you, like a mark branded on your hands or your forehead. Let it remind you always to keep the Lord's instructions in your minds and on your lips. After all, it was the Lord who rescued you from Egypt with great power. So celebrate this festival at the appointed time each year. And remember these instructions when the Lord brings you into the land He swore to give to your ancestors long ago. The land where the Canaanites are now living. All firstborn sons and firstborn male animals must be presented to the Lord. A firstborn male donkey may be redeemed from the Lord by presenting a lamb in its place. But if you decide not to make the exchange, the donkey must be killed by breaking its neck. However, you must redeem every firstborn son. And in the future, your children will ask you, what does all this mean? Then you will tell them, with mighty power, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from our slavery. Pharaoh refused to let us go. So the Lord killed all the firstborn males throughout the land of Egypt, both people and animals. That is why we now offer all the firstborn males to the Lord except that the firstborn sons are always redeemed. Again, I say, this ceremony will be like a mark branded on your hands or your forehead. It is a visible reminder that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt with great power. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them on the road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest way from Egypt to the promised land. God said if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them along a route through the wilderness toward the Red Sea, and the Israelites left Egypt like a marching army. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear that they would take his bones with them when God led them out of Egypt, as he was sure God would do. Leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord guided them by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. That way they could travel whether it was day or night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from their sight. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Exodus 14. Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Tell the people to march toward Pi-hahiroth between Migdol and the sea. Camp there along the shore opposite baal Zephon. Then Pharaoh will think those Israelites are confused. They are trapped between the wilderness and the sea. And once again I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have planned this so I will receive great glory at the expense of Pharaoh and his armies. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped there as they were told. When word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites were not planning to return to Egypt after three days, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting all these slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh called out his troops and led the chase in his chariot. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots along with the rest of the chariots of egypt each with a commander the lord continued to strengthen pharaoh's resolve and he chased after the people of israel who had escaped so defiantly all the forces in pharaoh's army all his horses chariots and charioteers were used in the chase the egyptians caught up with the people of israel as they were camped beside the shore near pi Hahiroth, across from baal zephon as pharaoh and his army approached the people of israel could see them in the distance marching toward them The people began to panic, and they cried out to the Lord for help. Then they turned against Moses and complained, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Why did you make us leave? Didn't we tell you to leave us alone while we were still in Egypt? Our Egyptian slavery was far better than dying out here in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, Don't be afraid. Just stand where you are and watch the Lord rescue you. The Egyptians that you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. You won't have to lift a finger in your defense. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Use your shepherd's staff. Hold it out over the water, and a path will open up before you through the sea. Then all the people of Israel will walk through on dry ground. Yet I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will follow the Israelites into the sea. Then I will receive great glory at the expense of Pharaoh and his armies, chariots and charioteers. When I am finished with Pharaoh and his army, all Egypt will know that I am the Lord. Then the angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to a position behind them, and the pillar of cloud also moved around behind them. The cloud settled between the Israelite and Egyptian camps. As night came, the pillar of cloud turned into a pillar of fire, lighting the Israelite camp but the cloud became darkness to the egyptians and they couldn't find the israelites then moses raised his hand over the sea and the lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind the wind blew all that night turning the seabed into dry land so the people of israel walked through the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side then the egyptians all of pharaoh's horses chariots and charioteers followed them across the bottom of the sea But early in the morning, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw them into confusion. Their chariot wheels began to come off, making their chariots impossible to drive. "'Let's get out of here!' the Egyptians shouted. "'The Lord is fighting for Israel against us!' When all the Israelites were on the other side, the Lord said to Moses, "'Raise your hand over the sea again. Then the waters will rush back over the Egyptian chariots and charioteers.' So as the sun began to rise... Moses raised his hand over the sea. The water roared back into its usual place, and the Lord swept the terrified Egyptians into the surging currents. The waters covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh. Of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. The people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry land, as the water stood up like a wall on both sides. This was how the Lord rescued Israel from the Egyptians that day, and the Israelites could see the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the shore. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had displayed against the Egyptians, they feared the Lord and put their faith in Him and His servant Moses. End of reading, Exodus 11, 1 through 14:31. We will glorify the King
0: of kings. We will glorify.
1: listening to God's talk show, The Bible Live. God stepping into time and space in such a clear and dramatic way. Something so far reaching is going on here. This is at the level almost of creation itself or of the universal flood. This is an astounding event, a remarkable moment in the history of God's dealings with humanity especially in that part that I mentioned before about special revelation, God dealing with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, their descendants. 400, 430 years they have been there. We have to go all the way back to the book of Genesis, chapter 15. God told Abram way, way back then, before any of this, hundreds of years before, the Lord said to Abram, you can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But in the end, I will punish the nation that enslaves them, and they will come away with great wealth. Amazing, isn't it? Now, here we are hundreds of years later. God is redeeming the people of Israel out of Egypt. This is an astounding picture of redemption. Just as God called the people of Israel out of godless, wicked Egypt, he calls us out of this world of sin and darkness. Notice though, though, a great number of people came out with Israel, along with great flocks and herds of livestock, even among the Egyptians who trusted in God, desired God, and desired to be with the people of God, this one true and living God. This was indeed a battle of gods. The The plagues themselves made that clear. God was giving a witness of himself to this great nation of Egypt calling out this people group. Now, there are 600,000 men, it says. So it has been estimated that up to 2 million people left Egypt. 2 million people, that's twice the population, the city of San Antonio proper. Amazing picture of redemption. Well, there is one clear overarching truth throughout this story, and that is that sin, rejecting the true and living God, proudly, arrogantly choosing self over God is both foolish and wicked and its consequences are death. We see that clearly in the death of the firstborn across Egypt and the death of the Passover lamb. The consequences of sin is death. Just as the Bible says throughout, the wages of sin is death. But God has made a provision in his grace and mercy, a lamb without blemish or spot. He takes our death upon himself and we are imputed His purity, His righteousness. This is what is called substitutionary atonement, this principle of God's redemption. Won't you humble yourself tonight, apply the blood, the shed blood of Messiah to your life, receive His forgiveness and His cleansing, move from the signal of darkness and sin into the God, kingdom of and God and Christ. His dear Son. See you Sophie next time.
0: Reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website,